Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Gerard, and my guest today is Wendy Walker. Wendy is the national best-selling author of Psychological Suspense. Her books have been published in over 23 foreign languages and have been optioned for film and television. Her latest novels include Don't Look For Me, the Audible original American Girl, and What Remains, which will be available on June 13th. Wendy is a graduate of Brown University and Georgetown Law School. Prior to work to writing, she worked as a lawyer, investment banker, and trained for competitive figure skating. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So fun to have you here. I love your new book. So before we, I have a million questions for you, but before we get into those, can you tell our listeners about what remains? So what remains is about cold case detective Elise Sutton, who um, takes a man's life in the line of duty, saving the life of another man. And she suffers from trauma after that and is desperate to find this man to confirm what she can't remember, which is, did she need to pull the trigger? Was he still in the line of fire when she took this man's life? And when she does find him, he's not at all who he claimed to be. And he then develops an obsession with her and it becomes a game of cat and mouse as she struggles to keep herself and her family safe from this um, sociopathic predator. Oh, it's so, it is such, I mean, from the moment she walks in, you know, she's in that store and, you know, here's the gunshots it's just like a it's a thriller of a ride it's so fast and fun so um could, do you remember the seed for the story i always like to hear where our ideas come from can you tell us about that definitely uh so i was listening to the news and it, there was a shooting in a grocery store in boulder colorado and they were interviewing the people who had just come out there for some reason the the first responders um there would seem to be a lot of chaos there. So the first responders hadn't closed off the scene. So all of the people coming out were being interviewed by the media who, and everyone was, was trying to figure out what was still going on in the store. So it was happening in almost real time. And the, the, the voices of the bystanders were so compelling, so raw, and you could hear the trauma still alive, still bouncing around and not settling yet. And I, it, I've, I felt, I, I really almost pulled over because I just felt so much compassion for them and empathy for them, what that was like, because they will just go on with their lives. They know, you know, they weren't harmed. Nobody they knew was harmed, but they experienced this incredibly terrifying moment. And so I started to research trauma and really wondering, you know, what happens to those people who are expected to just, oh, you know, you're so lucky, you should be grateful. And it's, you know, we have these moments in our lives where we will, um, you know, maybe we almost uh, have a car crash, right? Like somebody runs a red light and we slam on our brakes and our heart, you know, is in our throats and we, and we think, oh, I'm so lucky. And we will feel grateful and lucky and maybe hug our children a little tighter that night and it'll last a few days. 
And I feel as though people who go through um, different types of trauma, like violence, uh, are sort of expected to feel that kind of gratitude and embracing of life that nothing happened to them and they weren't harmed. But in fact, um, many of them don't feel that way. Um, it it shakes things up, and they and there are these stages of trauma that you have to actually go through and acknowledge and experience to get to the other side. And when you come out the other side, you're never the same person mm -hmm. because you know that these things can happen. Once they have happened, you know they can happen. And there is, um, and so the whole, the title of the book, What Remains, that was the question that I was asking. What remains of a person after they've experienced this kind of trauma and then gone through the other side? And so that was really the impetus for the book. Yeah. So, I mean, so let's talk about the shooting because of course, like this is something that happens every freaking day, every fucking day. I'm going to say that because this is, a, this is a reality of our, our world and particularly our, you know, in our country, it doesn't happen other places. And obviously there's a lot of political politicalization about guns and gun control and blah, blah, blah. And, but what we're here to talk about really is that this is a reality now for everybody who lives in this country. It's a reality for our school children. It's a reality for, like you said, going to the grocery store, going to the movie theater, uh, it's everyday things. And I think it's, I imagine it was a really hard thing to write about because it's one of those things that's like, we really don't want to dredge up this, this ugly truth about our country and about the reality, but it's a really important thing to talk about. It's an important thing to, it's a, an important question to ask because, you know, we do spend a lot of time talking about the victims and their families and that, you know, of course, we can't even imagine, I can't even imagine what, what it is like to, you know, lose a kid or whatever. But, um, but there's, like you said, there's this whole other layer of people who escape, but it isn't, it doesn't leave them unscathed. It doesn't leave them you know, they are also victims and it's, it, it is haunting. And for, and for the, you know, for Elise, who is a police officer, right. It's part of her job. She, you know, she has to, she takes a shot. Um, she ha you know, that she's doing what she's supposed to be doing in the, in the line of duty. She's not there on duty. She's in the store. Right. So she's in this precarious position and she does what we think a good police officer would do. Right. But then yeah. how does that impact her? And, and, and it's interesting. I mean, how do police officers handle those situations? How do they move through that? I think it's a really important question to ask. How do the public, the police, so talk about that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I so I when I wrote the first draft of the book, um, I, you know, got feedback, of course, from my people. And there was concern that um, it would be difficult um, to sell, uh, you know, and especially for TV and film rights and all of that if it involved a shooting because nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants, nobody wants to go near it. And I thought, why though? That's not a political book. The shooting, you know, it's not um, graphic. It's just, you're in her head. You're not witnessing, you know, any sort of um, carnage going on. And in fact, in this shooting, no one else is killed. Just the mm -hmm. shooter is killed. Right. So there's no, there's no, like horrific scenes to read through mm -hmm. it's just the terror of this event and it's happening there have been over 200 mass shootings already this year and i it's so um it's it's become so prevalent and there are so many people now who are bystanders and are witnesses to it right or who had a loved one in the store or in the school who wasn't harmed but still lived through that fear and so 
I ended up rewriting the book to make it just a convenience store holdup. And it just didn't have the same impact because the trauma that she feels and the man whose life she saves his, I call him Wade. He has several names in the book, but his name, we'll call him Wade um, because that's the name that sticks for Elise. Um, he also, the way he reacted in that moment set him on this sort of, um, you know, collision course with his own mind and his um, already fragile psychological state. And, and you needed something to be, you know, a pretty big, impactful, traumatic yeah. event. And so we, we put it back in and, um, you know, and I'm really glad that we did because I, I feel as though we are, you know, by watering down the things that we write about um, to, you know, avoid any sort of, um, you know, uh, categorization that might make it less marketable. What are we going to be reading about? Right, we, right. We won't be reading about sexual assault. We won't be reading about right about you know shootings. We won't be reading about you know um, what about racial attacks and homophobic attacks? Like, can right. we not read about those because oh, are we you know we're we are we you know using them to to sell books and make money or are we writing about these things because these are things that happen in real life and that are really traumatic and they are out there yeah. and are experiencing them and they have, they have significant impact. And so, yeah, I, so I felt like it was the right decision to, to yeah. write the way it was originally envisioned. Right. I mean, these are, you know, there's all these unpalatable subject matters that we're, you know, but this is, we write, I mean, we write for entertainment, right? We are entertainers, but on the flip side, we really write to understand human nature, right? How people react to things, the, the the scars that we carry for our lifetimes, the um the mistakes we make in a moment, and then the self doubt that comes after that. And for Elise, like you know, as a police officer, um that I mean, and it, this is happening, and not just to you know innocent people who were in the store, but a lot of police officers, right, are forced to make that split second decision. And you know, police also get a take a lot of heat. And I you know, there's two sides of that story too, because we need police. Like I I don't. I know people who say all, you know, all police or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to have, you know, a police force and we have to support the police in having ways to process these events. And so it's, it's a very layered situation. We're not, there's no, we're not talking black and white. There's no answer to this, this black and white. And I think by writing about it, we are processing it and helping other people process it. And we're explaining, you know, we're exploring the damage yeah. that that the 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 way things are does to to humans. So I think it's I think you did the right. I mean I 100% agree. And I don't I don't think we can shy away from these tough subjects. I think we have to confront them. Yeah, and and actually when I was um, interviewing a police detective um, who's always kind enough to give me advice on my different things in my books, but this time I really needed to talk to her, like have a deep dive into what her life is like, because she she's a cold case detective. And, um, and her, you know, her experiences, even working as a cold case detective where you're not on, you're not investigating active crime. So you're not gonna have any, you know, most of the suspects don't even know they're being investigated anymore. The, you know, they, and, and it's done under the radar. And it was fascinating from like a forensic science, you know, um, uh, you know, sort of standpoint, but, but what was also fascinating 
was the emotional impact that it has. And she was saying when they, you know, pull a case out to re-examine it, that's a decision that could change, drastically change the lives of the survivors because maybe the, finally the remains of their loved one will be found or they will ha finally have justice um, if they can find who did it. And, and then going, you know, reading through these files and, and investigating and sometimes finding, you know, finding who, who, who committed the murder or finding a body. She said it's incredibly emotional and, and, um, and difficult to um, explain to people who don't experience it. And I found that fascinating. So when I was writing Elise, I was really trying to capture you know, the intensity of what, you know, she goes through and, um, you know, sort of a unique experience in terms of the, the trauma that she has to process. And I found that fascinating. And yeah. I, I do think you do write books for entertainment, but there's, there are all kinds of, of entertainment and this is not meant to be a fun, like, Ooh, ha ha fun. You know, there's no sex in it. There's no humor in it. Um, it, it's, it's meant to make you feel something that maybe mm -hmm. you don't feel in your everyday life. And in that feeling, um, to have sort of a cathartic moment of release for, you know, for maybe inklings of that feeling that you've had and haven't processed, and then to be able to come out and see, you know, feel the joy in your life. And it's, it's meant to give a complete escape by bringing the reader into a situation that they probably will never experience in terms of being a cop and, you know, having, having that trauma. Um, but to be able to experience it through the characters. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's important to, to have all kinds of books, dark Absolutely. books, and funny books and sexy books. Yes. And all yes. I, I 100% and I want to talk about that. I want to get a little bit into sort of the darkness factor because that's something that, that you do really well and is, but I, I first want to talk about, um, sort of, you know, the one, the thing about it is, you know, is it different, do you think, for a woman to be a police detective? Because I think there's a, you know, Elise's, you know, her, she's got two daughters. And in addition, she's, you know, she has this tough job. Um, and her husband's, a, you know, a contractor. Um, so her job is really, I mean, I, it, you know, and I'm not, I don't think women can do anything that men can do. I don't want it to be a, a situation where we're saying that women aren't up for the job. But do, because of how we're rigged emotionally, is it harder for us you know, is it harder for a woman to take on that kind of role? Is it harder for her to separate, you know, her the the fear for her children and her, you know, and that with her the this job she has, particularly when the job starts to sort of hit home, which it does for Elise when this man's, you know, is sort of stalking her her family. And so I'm curious about that because I think it, you know, I don't want to, I hate to ever say that, you know we're not going to be as, as it's going to be harder for us or we're not going to be as good at it. Cause I don't think that's necessarily true. The good part at least, but I do sometimes think that it, it might, it might be more challenging as a mother. So talk about that, right? Yeah, we're I women. Mean, I, you know, when I was writing it, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have gender in mind. I was writing her as I guess, because I am a mother. So I, you know, was able to draw from my own feelings and experiences and, you know, protecting my children. Um, just generally. And, uh, but I do think there is for her because, um, she's smaller. So, you know, in the first, the first sort of pivotal scene, um, her physical, her, her, uh, 
being smaller, physically smaller, mm-hmm. plays into what her first interaction after the shooting, her first interaction with this man when she finally finds him. Right. That plays a role. And yeah. she's, I think she's very aware. And I think women in general are aware that we are physically vulnerable yep. and that never leaves us no matter how strong we are. I mean, I can go to the gym and I lift weights and do all that. I'm as strong right. as I could be, but, but I'm still five, four. And, you know, I, it's just, that's right. the reality. So for many women, there is, I think, an awareness throughout life that we are physically vulnerable. Yeah. And, um, and so, what I loved writing is she gets, you know, she gets pretty badass in this book. Like she, she gets cunning and fearless. And even though this man Wade has um, read all of her course materials that she taught, she taught a class in forensic science and he's read all of her materials. And so he kind of knows all of the things that she knows and he starts using them against her. So she has to bring her game on intellectually mm-hmm. and, um, and then, you know, there, of course, in the end, there's, there's a, a you know, action sequence as right. always, right. Um, some final reveals, but yeah, that was, um, that that's always in my mind when I'm writing my, my female, my women characters is that mm-hmm. they have to, you know, there, there is an awareness there of, of being physically vulnerable. So. Yes. And right. And like you said, and we're not big women, right. We are like, I'm like about the same size as you. And so a man who's six foot tall has a lot on us. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, um, and that is, you know, that is absolutely right. So let's talk about yeah. dark stories because yeah. I think <laughs> I'm also been, you know, gotten the comment and I remember, you know, like my first interview, one of my first interviews, somebody was like, well, how does somebody so like sweet looking, right? Such dark stuff. And I thought they probably never say that to somebody like Michael Connolly, who also, you know, looks kind of sweet um, or did anyway. I mean, you know, as a younger person and it's like, so, you know, where does the darkness come from and why, you know, what about that sort of is necessary in processing your own stuff? Yeah. I mean, I get asked that question a lot as well. And, um, and actually my, my, I was with all my, my children this weekend and somebody asked my son if he read my books and he said, I read one. He's like, I just, I just don't want to know all that stuff that's going on in your mind, mom. Like, I just don't want to know. And I said, that's fair. That's fair. Because, you know, they like to see their mom in a certain way, but the, but the reality is that I, um, for me, I need to live in the extreme. So I, I, I need, I like to feel the highs and, but I need to do that. I need to also go to the lows and, and not necessarily have circumstances in my life that bring me there, but to, to think about it and, and, and maybe feel it a little bit through, usually through a book or, you know, other medium of entertainment. Um, and, and that is just how I am wired. And when I try to write lighter, I don't, I, I don't even know what I'm writing. It just, mm-hmm. I can't, it always starts going darker, darker, darker. And that's just where, that's just what I find interesting. Mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. I don't yeah. find, I don't find extreme joy fascinating. And I don't find middle, middle of the road fascinating. I find the darkness fascinating because so much is there that we haven't examined so many right. feelings, our reactions to things, what it, what it, um, what it sort of sparks in us, right. things about our, 
own lives that, you know, we might associate with those feelings that maybe yep. we never process. Like, wow, that reminds me of this thing that happened when I was younger. I never realized that it had that impact. So I, I like to read and watch things myself that are very dark and mm -hmm. provocative. And so that's just what I end up writing. Um, so, yeah, so I've, you know, I've, there's a trend now for lighter, lighter thrillers and more um, sort of chess game type thrillers like Agatha Christie mysteries and, um, and which are, which are awesome, but that's just not what, where yeah. I, where I sort of, and, I mean, let's be honest, you're in wonderful company. Karen Slaughter is not yeah. a light writer. I mean, and you know, Julia Heberlin, there's a lot of really wonderful and men of course as well. I mean, there's a, and I think there is, I think like, it's like you said, we have, you have to write what comes like you can't, yes. I mean, this job is hard enough, right. If you know, if you're sort of writing what um, feels natural than if you're if you're trying to write a romantic comedy and that's just not your um, yeah. shtick and I think there's something for me you know um, I think there's something about sort of there's something cathartic in letting that yeah. darkness out in a way that is safe right you're not like yeah. you're not like we're not doing the Jack Reacher thing where we're like walking down alleys in search of a fight we're we're processing the world's yeah. darkness, which is actually there. There's lot, there's plenty of darkness to be processed and we're processing it in the safety of, you know, an office at a computer and in, in a book that, you know, and I do find readers respond, you know, thank you for talking about that incredibly hard thing. And I, you know, cause it touched something in me as well. So um, I think, it, I think there's obviously a little, there's always this sort of discomfort about, wow, I'm, this is really a tough subject that I'm gonna dig into and I'm gonna put some, you know, it's poor character. I know we're talking about kids. My daughter read the first book of mine she read. She's like, how could you do this to this character? And I'm like, well, that is sort of what you do in these books, yeah. right? You you torture them. And then, um, but yes. it's, I think it's, I think it's, I, I I mean, for me, of course, it makes makes complete sense with what I'm, cause I'm um, right there with you. So I think it makes Yeah, just even being able to, to you know, when I was writing, um, uh, Elise, like one of the first scenes after this shooting happens and, and she's, you know, she's just, she's just stuck in this horrible place. And writing that it gave me a lot of satisfaction to, to think about what would that feel like? What can I compare it to? Right. How can I, how can I describe it in a way that readers will, will think, oh yeah, I can see how that would, what, you know, that that would feel like that. Right. And, and to to create that that uh, strand of empathy as well yeah. by finding ways to describe these darker feelings in ways that other people can relate to and then empathize with and I think that is really important too because it makes us more human if we yes. can if we can say oh I can see the parallels that trauma is trauma is trauma yeah and so and, and this is what it feels like and this is how you process it and or not and to to be able to connect on that human level yeah and actually one of the things i really enjoyed about this book and, and all your books are these strong characters right i mean elise is a she's a fully formed very three-dimensional character you know being you know obviously a mother a police officer a wife to a husband who's been unfaithful which is an incredibly you know it's a real thing it happens of course and it's but it's you know hugely traumatic with these young kids she's had postpartum struggles and balancing career and work where you know oftentimes the mom ends up being sort of the primary 
caregiver in, in addition to this really difficult job. And she's, she's the kind of character I love to read because aspects of her, of her feel so real to me, right? I mean, she, she touches on, and my life isn't nearly as dramatic, but there's parts of her that I very much understand, relate to, and have experienced. So tell us about sort of like, you know, how she came to be. You obviously oh. weren't thinking, you know, gender, but you, you developed this very full woman. Yeah. I mean, I, I really wanted her to be complex. And, um, and so I didn't want to give her a picture perfect marriage. I didn't want to give her, you know, so there's a lot of complexity there. She's very close with her partner. Um, yeah. who's an ex Marine and he sort of gets her and she gets him and, um, and they have this close bond and it's not a romantic bond. They're just very, very close. They're like family. And, and she loves her daughters and, you know, but she loves her work. And then with her husband, yeah, I mean, you can love someone who's, you know, made a mistake and hurt you and you can come back from that. And she made a decision. It, first of all, it was really important to the plot that he had had this affair because it, yeah. you know, it sort of plays into the plot right. um, because things happen with this woman that he had this affair with. And it's, you know, sort of one of the twists in the plot. But on top of that, I found it so interesting to be able, to, I mean, I remember when I wrote the passage and she was describing what it was like, you know, in the aftermath of the affair and the things yeah. that she did. And that was fun too. So she's this investigator and she had these clues about her husband's affair. And then she brought all of her skills to bear in investigating him without him knowing it to find out because she knew if she asked him, and he, you know, she couldn't trust that he would tell her the truth. Right. And then the damage that that did, you know, that he knows what she's capable of. So he was capable of cheating, but she was capable of tearing his life apart without him even knowing it. Right. And so that knowledge, and I loved playing with that, like what that yeah. did to him, did it emasculate him? Did it make him feel violated the way she felt, you know, betrayed? Yeah. And how do they come back from that? And I describing their marriage as this broken teacup that was glued back together and how yeah. much water can it hold now? Can yeah. it hold what she's going through, um, you know, after this trauma? Is it strong enough yeah. to hold that? And I think a lot of people, you know, are in relationships that have been glued back together and Absolutely. for good reason, because there's something to salvage there. There's something, yeah. you know, there's still love there. And I, I don't know, I really enjoy writing, um, writing flawed characters strong but flawed yeah. and and not having everything be black and white and picture perfect mm -hmm. uh, or horrible like but somewhere in between right most of us live our lives exactly exactly and that's i mean i think that you know the husband comes across as you know kind of a dick but in reality like he also has redeeming characteristics yeah. and it and we're, you know this is her point of view and at that mo at this moment in their relationship that's how she sees him, right? So it's a very fair and honest portrayal of, of how a woman would feel in the yeah. midst of what they're going through, in addition to the pressure of this case and the young kids and all of that. So I think, had you described him as a like lovely human who'd done this horrible thing, I think I'd have been like, what? I don't buy that. Yeah, she, no, he's, and what I'm angry. Yeah. She's angry and she still has it. It still comes back and bites her sometimes. But what I also like writing, you know, so often we write, women who um you know are choosing to be with men for uh you know things that are um not physical right so what she first loved about her husband was that he was strong and big and strong and made her feel safe 
and she was a cop. So it made her feel like she could set down her sword and shield. And she likes the fact that he's physical. She loves, and it's not a superficial attraction. She is just attracted to this man for who he is physically. And he's also, you know, he's a, he's a very loving kind, even though he did have this affair um, when he had, you know, his father had died and, you know, there are reasons, but maybe, maybe would, maybe we would not, we would not forgive him, but she chooses to because she loves these other things about him. Right. And, um, you know, and so I liked writing that as well, because we don't see that very often, right? Women are always choosing men because they're, they're, you know, they're smart or they're rich or they're, Mm -hmm. but, but she's choosing him because of this way he makes her feel right this really feel she feels safe with him right and that's a turn on to her and right. she you know, so she's choosing and it's to not and she's him. not like a weak woman right she's a very no, strong she's woman very but, strong but feeling safe is a very it's an incredibly motivating real thing for yeah. you know, even for a cop right you want to be able to come yeah. home and especially like you know your young children like have to be on alert all the time in your job and also in your home is yes. you know it's it's too much so i it makes um no i think it's it's really well yeah. drawn it's real it feels and real she, to me i feel like to be a strong woman right so she's a, she is a very strong woman but then she wants a man who that she can be that who can also be as strong or stronger yeah. and she's just attracted to him for that reason yeah. and and so I kind of, you know, when I was deciding, like, how am I going to describe their first attraction? And I thought it's going to be visceral. It's going to be physical. You know, yeah. he just rings her bells, you know, right, and, and, right. And he has these other good qualities too, but you know, it's just that, that thing that we all say with chemistry, we, you know, mm-hmm. that's what they have. And yeah. so they work. And he's also it. human. And, you know, I mean, I think um, the death of a parent um, the birth of children, these are all real triggers for relationships that cause problems. And, you know, I, I think that's, it's a very, it feels, it feels very realistic. So, I mean, you are, you know, you were a full-time lawyer raising three boys. Um, so you sort of know about the, the struggles of this balance and, you know, I mean, how do, you know, how do you keep your, we keep our sanity and make sure our kids have everything it's a, you know, it's a delicate, how, is it possible? Can we do that? Yeah. I mean, that's the other strain in their, in their marriage is that he's, you know, he's a um, general contractor. And so he has demands with his work and she has demands with, with her work and, you know, they don't have a ton of money for childcare. So they're always juggling and, and um, yeah. And that becomes obviously even more problematic when this, you know, man is threatening her family um, but yeah, that's, that's always, you know, uh, always, uh, something in her life, right. This, the, the, um, responsibility to care for her children mm-hmm. that is, is ever present. And, um, so yeah, it was interesting to capture that as well for working women, but her husband really, you know, he's kind of an equal partner in the yeah. home. And yeah. I liked writing that too, to, to yeah. make him off type as well. Like, okay, he's this tough guy, but he's also, doing the right. dishes and picking the girls up from school and he's yeah loves his daughters right? which yeah. is I mean that's another like I mean you it's easy to say well if my husband cheated on me I'd be done with him forever but on the flip side there's a lot of real reasons that people make 
the you yeah. know they glue the teacup back together because yes, exactly. there's so many factors and um yeah, yeah it's a I mean it's it, there's a lot of nuance and complications very individual and I think it, it resonates in the book and it re certainly resonated with me so it's super exciting um tell us um in addition so this this book is out um the 13th um and our 13th. the 13th and our um our, this will be going live on the 8th, which is the Thursday before the 13th. So everybody, at this moment, you still have time to pre-order your copy with a few days to spare and get what remains on the day that it is out, which I love. Um, and But you've got a bunch of things, Wendy. You've been a busy, busy lady. So tell us what else yeah. you've got coming up. So yeah, so um, in October, um, American Girl, which was um, an Audible original, that will be out uh, in print, and I'm really excited about that. And then I have another book, another um, original novel coming out uh, in 2024 called Kill Me Softly, which goes even darker. I mean, I don't know this. Uh, and every time I describe the premise, you know, people are like, when is that book coming out? So I hope, I guess it's not too dark, but that's about a, um, a serial killer who's targeting middle-aged women and making it look like suicide and yeah. everyone's believing it because, yeah. you know, so it gets into some, you know, I sort of touch on some issues, but it's got four points of view. So really short chapters, um, really fast paced. One point of view is the killer who's killing victim five. One point of view is victim four, who's in the process of being targeted and killed like in one evening. And then there's the cop who is reopening the investigation reluctantly and a young researcher who discovered the similarities between the suicides and believes it's murder and is, is helping the detective um, sort it out. So lots of stuff going on there. Um, I don't know how I stumbled on that topic, I, but it was fun. that was fun to write. I'm looking forward to that coming out. And then there will be another um, fully scripted audible audio play, I guess, or their podcast slash audio play, which is fully scripted with sound effects and a lot of actors. And, um, uh, and that's called mad love. And that will be out sometime in 2024. So I, yeah, four things coming out in the next. Wow. It's so, months. yeah. And I loved American girl. That's a, um, neurodivergent character. Yes. Yeah. So and American she, girl. Yeah. And she's, she's, uh, it was, yeah, it was a number one, um, it was number one for Audible um, in fiction for um, two weeks and on the top 10 for seven weeks. So it did well awesome. and I was very excited about it. So yeah, it's an it's a, an autistic 17 year old girl in a small Pennsylvania town who, um, who uh, witnesses is something. We're not quite sure what till the end, but a man is dead and she was there uh, when it happened. And so she is uh, trying to keep her friends and coworkers and family safe and herself safe when, you know, as she sort of realizes what she knows and what she stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, and it's that I love, I love that story. That was mm -hmm. a passion project during COVID inspired by the Tom Petty song and just yeah. this feeling, you know, she's on the brink of everything happening in her life and she, but the way she processes information is really unique Mm -hmm. And she's very perceptive about um, human behavior. So the mm -hmm. way she analyzes the people around her and what she's witnessed um, is is kind of interesting and unique for her yeah. age. 
and she's, you know, has, uh, she has some skills that are really, really finely tuned and other skills that are not as finely tuned. So she compensates for them. And the way her brain works is really yeah. so fascinating to write. And um, yeah, it was performed I by, a, by an, um, an autistic um, educator and uh, social media influencer. And it was really gratifying to hear her say that um, she felt heard by the book and that she, you know, really identified with the character. So I love that. And I actually, it was one of the first Audible originals I've heard where they actually had the sound effects, like the car driving. Yeah. And things. I thought that was really fun. So that was, I'm excited that that will be in print. That's a, that was a wonderful story and very different. That is not, I mean, it's not a dark book, really. It's not so, dark. It's optimistic. You yeah. That's, that was lighter. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, you know, when, when I wrote that originally, just wrote it and, um, and uh, it ended up, being an audible original because it was lighter. And yeah. so, so because we, we really wanted to have an autistic performer to yeah. um, just to give it authenticity. And yeah. so, but yeah, it is lighter and um, it'll be interesting. Oh, I, I'm, but it, it had a great response. So I was really pleased. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was really fun. I really enjoyed that as well. And, and, um, and very different. I mean, you really have, you know, you have managed to, to write all like a, wide spectrum of stuff and super I have to take some notes with you when I see you next week at Thriller Fest and find out how you're yeah. able to do this because I don't know I need to I guess I could need to step it up a bit but um <laughs> well this is amazing um what remains Wendy Walker this is coming out June 13th my brain yes. is not working today and then um American Girl in October and lots to look for um next year as well Wendy congratulations on all your amazing success and thank you so much for joining me today Thank you for having me. This has been Killer Women with Wendy Walker today. Pick up what remains before it's out and we will see you next time. Bye.